You're with Grandstand. ABC Grandstand Cricket. It's gone! Left arm over the wicket, straight through extra cover for four. Grandstand Cricket. Live and commercial free. The Ashes. Bird bowls to Cook on 198 and he drives in straight for four. 200 for Alistair Cook. That is a great accomplishment by this brilliant England opener. That's fantastic achievement. He played bloody well the whole day, didn't he? He's been a magnificent player for England. Cook drives. That's nicely played. Threading that through the offside for at least two. There we go. Cook to 209. And England's lead is over 100. So significant milestones. That's the highest score by a visiting batsman in a test match at the MCG. Going past Viv Richards is 208. The battle for the Ashes. Australia and England. Live from the MCG. That is the end of the over. That is time. And Alistair Cook, 244 not out. And he's put England in with a wonderful chance to pull a match back in this series. They lead by 164 at 9 for 491. It's tough to see any other uh, scenarios going on other than probably obviously a draw or England win. Grandstand Cricket on ABC Radio and on ABC Grandstand Digital. The first order of business today at the MCG was in the Percy Beams Bar in the MCC members as the staff got to work and yanked Viv Richards off the wall. And that plaque is currently being painted up for Alastair Cook. It's just a question of what number will go after his name. At the moment, Cook is 244 not out. He has batted Australia out of the game. And with England to resume at 9 for 491, can they force victory? And, uh, well, the thoughts of the whitewash are already on the back burner. There's the odd drop of rain falling out in the middle of the MCG. Who would have thought we would have got to a moment where we would be pondering whether the weather could save Australia? Jared Waitley with you down on the turf. Chris Rogers is with me. Good morning, Chris. Morning, Jared. Morning to all our listeners. What's your expectations today? Uh, well, Australia, to, to wrap up this last wicket and just go about the business of batting that they've... They've seen the blueprint. They, they watched Alastair Cook for a, a long time now, I think 11 hours. Um, they know they just have to get their heads down and, and defend hard and, and bat for, for a long period and, and force the draw. Simon Cadditch, good morning. Good morning, Jared, and good morning to all our listeners. Batting for a draw is a different discipline. Yeah, it's not that easy to do. It's easy to say and talk about. It's, it's a lot harder to do, and particularly when you're 164 runs in arrears already, there'll be a bit of pressure out there, and... England will be looking to get this ball to reverse, and if they can get it to reverse, then they're always going to be in the game. Yes, it's a slow wicket, but if the ball swings, then they're a chance to create some uh, chances. We've got a terrific pre-game in store. Mike Atherton is going to join us and talk about the deeds of Alastair Cook and uh, what it means to his legacy as a grand opening batsman of his era. But let's start in the Australian camp and just touch base with pace bowler Pat Cummins. Pat, welcome to Grandstand Test Cricket. Morning, how are you going? Good. Uh, what's the approach to today for Australia? Uh, I think obviously get this, this last week, wicket um, hopefully pretty quickly and then I think it's just about batting. Um, throughout the series they've, they've bowled pretty tightly so I uh, don't think we're, we can be too expansive. I think it's just about batting time. The wicket's still really, really good and um, kind of reassess at the end of the day. Uh, hopefully we're still batting. Is the focus on saving the Test match from here? Yeah, I'd say so. I, I think uh, for us to, to send them back in and... Um, you know, have a crack at winning this test, I think we'd have to score really, really quickly. So um, you never know. We've got people like David Warner in the team. So 
um, yeah, you never say no, but I think the, the goal at the moment is just about batting time. And um, Yeah, I suppose we're probably a little bit behind the game now, but there's only two days left and the wicket's really good. So, um, yeah, I feel like we can you know, bat for, for the majority of that. On a tough day, the highlight yesterday was Usman Khawaja's catch late from your bowling. What's the chatter in the dressing room about that? Yeah, there was a, there was a few photos sent around the group um, last night of him. Uh, I think he said he, he went vegan for the afternoon. He was eating <laughs> MCG turf. So it was, um, yeah, a couple of good photos, good catch. Um, yeah, very funny one. Is, uh, is everyone comfortable that he took the catch? Yeah, yeah. As soon as he, he um, kind of came up, he said, yeah, I've definitely caught that. And then we saw the replays and he said, he was kind of laughing more than anything else, but he said, no, I've definitely got it. I'm, I'm 100% certain that um, you know, it was under his hand um, yeah, the whole time. So he's a pretty honest, cricket, honest cricketer, so we believe him. It'll live with him forever yeah. <laughs> with the way it panned out. Yeah, that's it. The, um, yeah, the photos and the memes and everything that will come with it, I'm sure will uh, be around for a while. And Pat, you were a bit under the weather the other day. What was that? Yeah, I think just a, a viral, viral kind of gastro thing. Um, I think Steve Smith had something um, similar yesterday, but... It seems to be going around to, to a few people. Um, luckily, yeah, only a couple of us in the team. But, um, yeah, I felt pretty rough out there for a while. Um, yeah, the other bowlers were calling me Casper the Ghost. So, um, felt, a lot much, uh, felt a lot better yesterday and, and again today. So, not too bad. It wasn't from any dodgy cooking in the apartments? <laughs> well, no, it definitely wasn't from my own cooking. Because I've been doing a lot of that lately. And in terms of this wicket, yes, sir, it looked like you made a, a concerted effort to bowl a lot more aggressive sort of a lot more bounces compared to day two. Is that something you talked about as a group leading into day three? I think, uh, <laughs> I think from my point of view, I probably couldn't have bowled any bounces on day two. But um, I think the wickets are so true. It doesn't feel like you can get too many snicks be and um, get some catches behind the wicket. So I think at one stage we're trying to get them to, you know, add a, add a few covers in, trying to get them driving. But um, yeah, the only other real uh, way was trying to bowl bouncing and, and get them out pulling because um, it's still a little bit. Um, slow with the wicket and, and hopefully they miss Kewan but yeah, it doesn't feel like there's too many you know, sticks behind that's going to happen uh, How much harder is it to, to use the short ball tactic here? How, how draining is it compared to some of the other venues? Yeah it is I think it's, it's just a lot, it's a lot slower than um, say somewhere like even the Wacker was on um, you know, day 5 and, and the other thing is the, the wicket's so hard that the ball gets really soft so um, uh, I think the ball started reversing after about 20 overs or 30 overs, which has been good because it feels like you're in the game and the ball's hard. But, um, you know, once it's 40 overs old, it's just really soft. And, um, yeah, you don't feel like you get too much assistance off the off the wicket. So you'd be hoping a battle all day with, with that kind of <laughs> mindset. But um, And also, it, I think I heard Ed Cowan said you might be looking to have a rest for the next test. Or how do you feel about that, particularly when it's a, it's a home <laughs> test in Sydney? I don't know who Eddie's been talking to because that's the first <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, as he said, you've bowled a lot. It, it might be an option to, to have a have a rest of. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've been really really happy and really surprised how my body's been feeling. Um, yeah, I feel great. I, I feel almost the same as I did after the first test. So, been really lucky. Um, yeah, it was a pretty short turnaround. So get through this and reassess. But um, yeah, I'd love to play all five and I feel okay. You've had a big year getting through so much cricket. Have you got a huge amount of confidence from, from this year in Test cricket? Yeah, hugely. Um, I think the year I had, I, I thought, you know, I wasn't really sure if I was ever going to have that kind of year in my career because it's, it's so different to, I guess, the last five, six years. I've, I used to you know, play a game and feel quite sore and take a few days to recover. Now it just feels like I can bowl 20 overs in a day and wake up the next morning and 
have a bit of general soreness, but um, you know, feel like I can go out and do it again, which um, yeah, it's just been a you know, just it's been great really, and um, yeah, feel like I can play a lot of cricket, and yeah, just really confident in my body. And with that, the fact you have bowled a lot more of late, um, you probably haven't got the results you, you, you deserved, I guess, throughout the series. Is it a skill you only learn through bowling about that the ability to find and take wickets? Yeah, I think I think each each test comes with different challenges. I think over here in Australia, I haven't played a lot of first-class cricket, and just uh, for me, I always feel like swings one of my weapons. Um, and over here in Australia, it's, it's almost none. You know, if it's not with the first first couple of overs with a new ball, it's um, you know it might be a little bit of reverse swing, but there hasn't been a heap this series. So trying to find other ways, whether it's bounces or um, trying to you know, build pressure and set different fields, it's I think that, that's the beauty of Test cricket, and, and that's the greatest challenge. But um, I think it is one of those things. Just the more you bowl, the more games you play, um, you've got to yeah, try and think of you know new ways and always try to keep inventing, reinventing yourself. And Pat, just a closing words. Uh, obviously, Alistair Cook. That's one of the great innings here at the MCG. What was your view of it? Yeah, he batted beautifully. Um, you know, obviously a little bit out of form the first few games, but yeah, he's got 30 or Test centuries. He's, he's always going to be a class player, and you can't write him off. And you know, to, to bat for a full six hours yesterday is pretty impressive. I, I think he, you know, he hardly gave us a chance. And um, yeah, more than anything else, just the mental strength to, you know, not play any loose shots. He, you know, he's really solid in defence and then any, anything Lucy he, he put away and um, hit the ball pretty cleanly so yeah just a fantastic innings um, yeah, from a class player Thanks Pat. Thanks a lot Cheers. Pat, Pat Cummins with us from the Australian camp and that's a reasonable cue to look back and relive the deeds of Alastair Cook in this Boxing Day 2017 Here's Stark again, comes up to Cook Cook plays and he's caught and slipped by Hanscom. Now Lion bowls and Cook's oh. board caught and slipped by Smith. Cook is out. Hazelwood tries again and Cook. Oh, return catch. Hazelwood's taken a blinder. Alastair Cook's 150th test has been a miserable affair. So Alastair Cook, 83 runs in six innings, so at 14. Well, if his name wasn't Alastair Cook, he'd, he'd be getting dropped, wouldn't he? I mean, there's a whole lot of questions that face England. That is one of them. I just think it's just so hard to keep fighting. He just looks like he doesn't quite have that fight in him at the moment, does he? Third bowls, and Cook is cutting ferociously past Galley for four. It's Cummins bowls short, and he's pulled it for four. Cook goes back and forces through the offside. Another very good shot. Crisply hit. Smith comes in. Cook gets a short ball. Hits it for four. That is a hundred. What a hundred by Alistair Cook. I'm quite emotional I got that hundred because I had to dig real deep. But it's nice to know that you know you can pull it out of the fire. It is tough. You, you don't give in and you still go. Boxing Day Test match is a special thing, no matter when you score it, ultimately you'd love to have scored it when, when it really mattered, but every Test match brings a chance to win a, to win a game. Cook forward, plays it firmly, straight down the ground for four. But Marsh running in towards Cook, Cook forward and driving for four. Another four. Beautifully played wide of mid-off. He's down the pitch and hitting hard and straight. That might go all the way. 
It's a good hit over long on for four. The crowd enjoying this. Bird bowls to Cook on 198, and he drives in straight for four. 200 for Alistair Cook. That is a great accomplishment by this brilliant England opener. I try and score runs every time I bat, bat for England at the moment. Um, obviously, so far the series hasn't gone that well, but today is a good day and I'll enjoy what I let try. I'm not even sure I'm allowed to say up, but I will have a beer tonight. Alistair, well batted, fantastic effort, and to be able to bat for that length of time is, is, is such a wonderful effort. But fr from my point of view, I mean, you've played 150 test matches now. How hard is it for you to go out every test match and, and dig deep and, and find the fight that you need um, every time you go out? Because it's not like you can go out and play like Davey Warner, for instance. You've got to fight every time. How hard is it to do that after playing for such a long period? I know you're still young, but it, it must be difficult. Well, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's a good question. It's, it's why it challenges you. It's, uh, you don't get any easy runs at the top of the order. Uh, you, you know, you're playing against the best bowlers um, you know, around the world, and they're normally fresh, so it is relentless. But um, do you know what I mean? That's why I suppose I can be proud of when you know, I finally do um, you know, stop playing um, or get dropped, whatever comes first. Uh, you know that I know that I've I've given it my all. I have given it my all every time. Whether I whether I score runs or I don't score runs, I can you know look at that mirror and be quite proud that you know it's it has it can be quite tough. But um, sometimes I have good days, sometimes I have bad days. And and therefore, where does this innings rank in terms? Of, I know you've played so many good innings, but you've you've had um, a lot of criticism, I guess. The, the first three tests haven't gone your way, but where, where would you rank this one in terms of fighting the fight to come back? Yeah, I mean right up there. Um, you know, obviously yesterday I was. You know, quite emotional I got that 100 in the dressing room because I had to dig real deep. Um, I've dug deep a few times, obviously Pakistan um, in 2010 uh, was another 100 where I was really struggling for runs um, and, I, and I went out and, and got a 100 which kind of, saved my, kind of saved my place and I came here and did, did okay in 2010. And then, um, you know, in the captaincy when I got really, got really tough and I wasn't scoring any runs, uh, that 95, uh, the Rose Bowl. Gutsy. So it's nice to know that actually when, it, you know, you can pull it out of the fire. Um, and I think that's, and that is yeah, quite a nice thing to be able to say you can do. And it is tough. You, you don't give in and you still go. The straight driving was a highlight of this innings. Has there been anything technically that you've worked on in the last few weeks to get this sort of innings out here? Not really. I, I, I did a bit of grooving uh, with Gary Palmer, but that was before Perth. and didn't seem to make too much difference. It's... Um, it's it's, with my batting, it is a bit about rhythm because there's quite a few moving parts. They all have to be in pretty good sync, and if they're just out, um, you know, you can have a bit of a, a tough time. Um, I think that's what it is. Um, I've got to, you know, I'm not going to be the prettiest bat, batsman to watch. Um, actually, I probably catch all three of us here. Sorry, <laughs> oh, you're a harsh man. <laughs> I see you all smile, but but we earned, we earned the right to score runs, and um, so yeah, I mean, it's. As you say, it's not quite like David Warner, but it's you know, nice to be too for him. There's a bar inside, Alistair, that's got the great achievements of visiting test players. Viv Richards' name is going to come down and yours is going to go up. Is it really? It is. Oh, God, that's it a, 208. That's a treat. No, I feel a bit sorry for Viv, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Well done. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
So we revel in the deeds of Alastair Cook yesterday. He's 244 not out on resumption on day four. Mike Atherton is the chief cricket correspondent with The Times, the former English captain and a man who would know as an opening batsman himself. Uh, Mike, welcome again to Grandstand Test Cricket. Thank you. I don't know much about 244. <laughs> I never got there, sadly, but a phenomenal effort, wasn't it? How did you, how did you make sense of it? How have you written about it? Um, just that he's throughout the, I mean, he's obviously been struggling throughout the series, but he's been working incredibly hard. There was some thought, you know, one or two comments from past players that perhaps the desire had dropped a little bit with Cook. Um, and those of us around the team and just watching them at practice didn't really see that. He was putting in the same amount of effort in, in the nets, probably even more so uh, than normal. So I don't think, you know, his desire had dropped, just having a bit of a struggle. And, you know, as all the guys here would know, 150 tests in just over 10 years at the top of the order against the best new ball bowlers in the world. That's a tough old gig and it, I think mentally draining as well. Um, so a, a fantastic achievement to come back and play as he did yesterday. I thought he was a bit more positive, actually, in the way that he played. I mean, I've not seen him drive as fluently as he did yesterday and the day before. And maybe he just thought on this pitch, you know, new ball's the time to bat, really, before it starts to reverse. And maybe that just got him going into a slightly more positive frame of mind. Is it a legacy piece for him? He's going to leave his name here. They've taken Viv Richards down this morning as the highest test score by a touring batsman. He's sixth on the all-time list, having gone past a couple yesterday, a fifth double century. How do you view it in his overall? Well, I mean, there's been a lot of fantastic performances from him. As you say, fifth double hundred, I think that's two behind Wally Hammond now, who's got the most for England. So by he's not finished yet. By the time he's finished, he, you know, he's going to break every, every England record going. Most runs, most hundreds, most doubles. Um, an incredible player. And last of a kind, I think. You know, doesn't play one-day cricket, doesn't play T20 cricket, bats time, bores them into submission. You know, there's not too many players around like that now. Athens, you talked about it looks like he still has that same desire. But my, my question is, is desire and the ability to fight when the going gets tough the, the same things? For me, is he just finding it that little bit harder to, to dig deep, you know, go to the well, find that fight every time he goes out to bat? And is it just going to get harder and harder? Because he has played so much, hasn't he? It doesn't get easier, I, I think. I mean, I felt that, you know, we, we've all played a bit and played a long time. I felt that the, the more you, you play, actually the harder it gets because their expectations rise. Obviously, the opposition get to know you and how to bowl at you. And as you say, you've got to keep going back to the well and these new ball bowlers are coming at you, it's, you know, as an opening batsman, it's never easy, is it? You don't wander out there at 200 for two like these fancy Dan Middle Order players. And <laughs> 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 <It's harsh>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you, you know, they're always at you. It's a very tough gig. Um, so incredible. You know, you look at that list of top run scorers in Test cricket, of which he's now, was he fifth or sixth or something? Yeah. He's the only opening batsman. Everybody else is a middle order player, and of course they're all great players on that list. Um, but he's the only opener, and you know, you've got to take your hat off to him, I think. So what does it mean for him? Do, do you think that actually this might accelerate his retirement instead of hmm. maybe him thinking, you know what, I want to prove a few people wrong? Good question. I don't know, actually. Um, a, a very difficult question to answer. Only he knows his own mind, doesn't he? You know, you, you, you kind of know yourself when... Um, you've, you've had enough of just trying to prove, prove people wrong and um, that the pressure and expectation of doing it for so long and the time away from family, he's got young kids. Only he knows. I, I can't really answer that question, but um, I suspect he won't uh, go at the end of this series, but you know, it might be wrong. If 
Cook was to, to call it a day. And you'd be probably one of the best judges in the country. Who do you think would be the next opener to come in? Well, that's why I think, I suspect they'll want him to play on because it's been hard enough to find one partner for him, never mind have to then replace him as well. Um, so, pr pr providing he's got the desire and the will to keep playing, keep touring, keep travelling. I mean, he doesn't play one-day cricket now, so that helps. You know, after the Sydney Test in January the 9th or whenever it is, he'll go home to the farm and have until April off. So it's not like he's constantly on the road, which is the case if you're playing all three forms of the game. Um, so I think they will hope that he sticks around for a while longer because they're finding it hard enough to you know, find one opener, never mind two. So this match, Mike, how important is it for England to salvage something out of the back part of the tour, having lost the Ashes? Well, I always think every test is you know, worth playing for. People have said, well, it's a dead rubber and it doesn't really matter if you get a double hundred or win the game. Well, I think it does matter. There are thousands of English people in Melbourne and Sydney who want to see the team do well. You're always playing for your own personal pride. And every test match is a kind of self-contained event. Although they're part of a series and the series is gone, um, you still want to put in for five days and, and go away with something. You know, they've got plenty of cricket to come this winter down in New Zealand and it makes it'll make it a whole lot easier if they're going there 3-2 rather than 5-0. Can they win here? Well, it's a flat old pitch, isn't it? Um, they're obviously in a very good position. Uh, I, I suspect there'll be some reverse swing for Anderson and Broad, which will be a big thing. It, once the ball just goes laterally in the air for them, it makes a massive difference, even if it's just a smidgen. But, you know, it's going to be difficult to, to get those 10 wickets because it's a slow, slow deck. And on this pitch, particularly with how popular T20 is at the moment, it, is it important that we, we have conditions that uh, make for more entertaining cricket than what we've seen so far? I think it's the, the key thing, actually. I mean, this is a, obviously a fantastic stadium. But whenever you come to a ground, for me, for a test match, the main thing is the quality of the surface that hopefully provides the opportunity for all players to show their skills. Um, and this is a bit slow, it's not really done very much, it's not, there's not much pace and bounce, and it hasn't turned either. So, you know, it, it's slightly turgid cricket that we've been watching. You'll, it's not, not an ex exact science, is it, preparing a pitch, but I'm not sure this has been a great test pitch. Mike, thanks for your insights. Pleasure. Mike Atherton with us ahead of day four at the MCG England 9 for 491 with a lead of 164 over Australia and Alistair Cook 244 not out. Jimmy Anderson is yet to score. Now, there are drops of rain falling. It's not rain Simon and the ground staff have by order put the cover, uh, put the Hessian down a couple of times but it's not enough to stop the start of play and you could certainly play through it. So the umpires are to our right. So all fingers are crossed here that, uh, that we'll get the first ball in two minutes' time. Let's hope so, because I think there's still plenty of cricket left in this test match. And even though Australia feel that they'll be able to bat out a draw on this wicket, anything can happen in test cricket with a bit of pressure. And there is scoreboard pressure on Australia for probably the first time in this series. So he's been batting for ten and a half hours, Salister Cook. He's five metres to our left here and as determined as ever. And he bumps gloves with Jimmy Anderson. And he'll go and resume having faced more than 400 balls in an epic innings of concentration, discipline and skill here at the MCG. So play is going to start on schedule. The likelihood is there'll be interruptions for rain during the day. Australia need to get to the business of saving a test match. Let's head upstairs and join Jim Maxwell.